This is Unfilter, episode 47 for April 24th, 2013. At least two sources who know him say that this is his Twitter page. And on it, he had, I think, over a dozen, 14 posts since the Boston Marathon bombings, including this one, which was on April 17th. I'm a stress-free kind of guy. I'm a stress-free kind of guy. And then another one, um, another one saying, hold on, let me find it. Yeah, okay, here it is. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. On this week's episode of Unfiltered, the surviving Boston bomber has been caught. The story and the methods used for his capture will be our focus tonight. How much was known before the attacks? Why are experts saying they couldn't have worked alone? And who was that naked man? We'll do our best to answer those questions and more. Plus, CISPA appears to be in limbo, but we've tracked the money and our gut tells us the battle is far from over. We'll share the details. Then, it's a visit to drone school. The Rice and Letters take an interesting twist and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfilter, episode 47 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody. It is just gorgeous. I I know that some people may think that I'm a, a, a climate denier, but <laughs> yeah. not today. No. Oh, no. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's room temperature. Yeah. I don't know how they figure that this out. Is, this is really kind of Washington's peak right now. Yeah, and then uh, we lose it uh, Friday. Yeah. And yeah. then it goes back to rain. So enjoy it while we got it. But it's just gorgeous. A, a lot of misdirection, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> a lot of right. a lot of confusion out a lot there. Of confusion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know who to trust anymore. Hey, I mean, what's a good news source, Chris? You know, Chase. I think we might have that problem solved for you, man. Thank you. You might be oh, just in the right spot. I'm. I'm I feel Frozen so much better. Justice. Frozen justice today, Chase. That's what we're going to be providing. Did you catch mm. our girl Megan Kelly uh, rocking the uh, intro there? Oh man, you know. Did you she, notice she, the cadence on that? What did you think? Do you think she kind of like? It sounded like she knew that lyric, right? She kind of knew. To, she she was like she was flowing it out, man. I think uh, I think we're going to have to divvy this one up. I think you get Aaron Burnett, and I think I get Megan Kelly. Well, unless I'm having a cinnamon sandwich. This is probably going to get us pulled off of YouTube. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. this is going to be so no, worth actually, it. They'll, they'll add okay, it to it. Is. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody <laughs> want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. Uh. Now that, Chase, that right there, my friend. She that's a Fox News alert. She knows how to drop it like it's hot, <laughs> let me tell you. No, I'm telling you, there was a little bit of a cadence there, like somebody who might actually know that song. Do you, do you think she's she's got that in her iPod? I, I think, think so. she, she does. She Chase. drops it down, man. I think she, she does. She drops it. Well, all right. Huge show today. Huge. Uh, 
You know, one thread that's going to uh, weave throughout our entire episode this week is cybersecurity, CISPA, and um, radicalizing via the Internet, all those kinds of things. So I thought to kind of kick this whole thing off, we'd start with what was the big story on the stock market this week as far as technology goes. The AP's Twitter account got hacked. What? The FBI is investigating how hackers took control of the Associated Press Twitter account. A group called the Syrian Electronic Army says it's responsible. The tweet falsely reported yesterday that there were explosions at the White House and that President Obama had been injured. Well, the news sent the Dow Jones on a sudden nosedive, dropping some 143 points in just two minutes. The market quickly recovered when the AP announced that the story was bogus. That <laughs> happened during a White House press briefing. Whoops. Yeah. It appears as though AP's Twitter account has been hacked, so anything that was just sent out uh, about any incident at the White House is obviously false, uh, and we'll be putting something out for the shortly to clarify that if that hasn't happened already. Good. I thank so. you for that. I appreciate that. And I can say uh, that the president is fine. I was uh, just with him. Yeah, we're just playing some basketball. And this weekend, CBS News confirmed the 60 Minutes and 48 Hours Twitter accounts were also hacked. It's a hacking spree, doesn't? Why doesn't Twitter enable two-factor? Oh, they Please. actually are, I think, rolling that out. But I know, right? Jeez, how overdue is that? Uh, here's what is. Here's the interesting twist, if there is one to this story. It was actually just less than a month ago that Twitter received regulators' blessing to be a source of news, uh, a source of moving news for the market. Right. Uh, so this kind of... Less than a month ago, I guess they actually... Twitter became considered a source that people could act upon for trading. Was Was AP's password... AP. That's that's just what I, I want to know. I think it was password one two three. Come on. Oh, it's so frustrating. Wow. And it, you know, this of course has then spun into uh, it, it made the market drop by X. And of course, the, then uh, then what I love I love is that. Uh, so I guess what what happens is one tweet causes a panic in the market because. And have you noticed all these memes around White House being attacked, like in the movies and all this kind of stuff? Like the whole White House under attack thing is like a really reoccurring trend right now. I just think that's kind of fascinating. Well, you know, one thing that's not really being talked about, and it has talked to, well, all right, not really is not quite accurate. I'm sorry, I'm pulling a, a news organization thing here. No, as so, a matter of fact, the fact of the matter is. Back to the fatter. What are we fatter, learning, Chase? Factor, what are we learning? And uh, in, in the benefactor. Yeah. Is that. The uh, the machines in the stock market, you know, computers. Yes, stuff. yes. The automatic yeah. drop because they're picking up words off of Twitter. Is that ex- really what's happening? That this was all automatic. This was automatic. I think. I think what it is is I think somebody. I think there's still humans that put in the orders, but then there's a bunch of systems in place that when they see the price trend starting to go a certain direction, then they automatically sell. See what I want to know, and no one has discussed this that I could find, and I was looking for it. Is did anybody make a killing off that short drop in well, resale? Right, right. That's the question. That's it's like and no it's one's like, talking yeah, about yeah, that. that. That's very interesting. Now, of course, this is just going to be once. So this is, you know, this is a full frontal attack we're going to be going over on on the internet this week. Uh, it starts. We're starting in the financial. It's section. not safe. So this is a finance. This becomes a financial story. Okay. Because of this drop, right? right and that's yeah. a big deal. I mean, how could it affect the stock market so much? Now, last time you and I were on the show, we were like. I think had we just reported that CISPA had made it through the house, it just made it, it through the just house. Made, it okay. just passed the house. Well, uh, I, I, I don't. I but don't. It know. doesn't matter, Chris, because remember, Obama said he's going to veto it. The White House said they're going to veto it, and we can trust everything that the president says and the White House says. 
Well, so you have nothing to worry about. NDAA, what, 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 uh, what, what? I'm sorry, what? what? So I have a clip here that gives us a little update because people might be wondering what is going on with CISPA. Has right. it stalled? Right. It doesn't have traction, and uh, we'll cl- we'll play this and we'll talk a little bit about the money which you found this week. The controversial Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act has been approved by the House of Representatives. One of the congressmen evoked Monday's deadly bombings in Boston as a reason to pass it. Let's get some more details on this, shall we? And uh, uh, talk to RT America's website producer Andrew Blake. He's been close following the uh, debates over the bill. Hi there, Andrew. This bill seems uh, in a bit of limbo at the moment, doesn't it? What are the chances that it's actually going to get through or be blocked? Which way is it going to go? Okay, well, you know, it did pass the House today, and it's going to have to move on to the Senate. And should these U.S. senators agree to advance it like the House did today and send it over to the White House, it's sent up to President Obama to ink his name to it. And then from there, we have CISPA. However, just earlier this week, top aides for the White House actually said that we will recommend the president veto this legislation. So should it pass the Senate, there, there is this warning that the president will not sign it, and he'll actually completely reject it. Uh, I cut him off right there because he made your NDAA point, which I knew you would make. <laughs> He's like, the president said he won't sign it, but he said that about NDAA because it is true. And that's the it's one very we true. Go. Bit of a sore spot, if yeah, you might say. Huge. Uh, according to data from uh, Sunlight Foundation, Chase, you found this earlier this week. CISPA allies have spent $650 million on lobbying since 2011. Oh, huge. I mean, this this story is crazy. I mean, and actually what's even more crazy is going and looking at the data specifically based on the company's that donated, yeah, and yeah, the the names that pop out on me like AT and T, AT and T, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Comcast, yeah. uh, going down, Boeing, yeah, the National Cable and Telecommunications Association, Verizon, uh, uh, a lot of cellular companies, uh, uh, Oracle is in here, Time Warner Cable. Now here's the gotcha. This is their overall contributions, right? So not just to CISPA, but I'll tell you, man, you look at this and it uh, it says in all. 52 groups 52 of these groups at least donated 100 million dollars each to members of Congress. If that doesn't really show the uh, the root here of of the problem and that I know that corporations are people too Chris <laughs> yeah. and I understand that their rights need to be respected. Of course. But Chase. what the hell? Yeah. I mean seriously, and well, the I problem think is I I I I have settled on this whole it's this whole indemnification aspect of it and it is it's the vague language that anything that they consider a threat Think of what that could mean. Anything they consider a threat, they can share. Anything. Right. And it's bilateral sharing, supposedly. Here's the thing, though. Here's actually the good news. Uh, Members of Congress who voted for CISPA last week. Well, this is. Oh, wait. (laughs) I shouldn't preface this as good news. Here's the good news. Despite the $84 million lobbying effort just for CISPA, the controversial bill aimed at making it easier for corporations to get access to personal information and share that with the government. It actually faces a rather uncertain future. Uh, as uh, since 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 the Obama administration just as recently the other day reiterated they don't plan to sign it. They well, what they said is they plan to advise to to Barry that he not sign it. Okay, so, so that's what the so the advice so his aides will advise will advise him. Uh, don't do it, Mr. President. Uh, now here's the crazy part. This is the part what I think is fascinating that the media is not reporting on this. Okay, because get this. And this is right up their alley to report on. I mean, they love scaring us about cyber stuff. Lawmakers who are CISPA supporters are getting doxxed by members of Anonymous. Members of Congress who <laughs> voted for CISPA last week have received threats of violence and had their phone numbers, addresses, and other personal details posted online by those who disagree with the legislation. One tweet from uh, from an Anonymous or from one of these doxing members that the Twitter handle is Grim Reaper tweeted. 
for your support of CISPA, Rep. Mike Prepiono, or Prepo, whatever, uh, the build and privacy, here is your docs. He tweets that, and then after that, he releases a bunch of information oh about Oh, my the guy. God. Yeah. But now, we got to look at this objectively for a minute. Is that the really the, 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 the smart no. way to fight this? I but, don't think so, because that just adds fuel to the fire, in my opinion, right? That's the problem. That's the problem with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I find that, for some reason, for me, that... That's always that's always been that way. It's always been that way. You know, right. there's been pirate radio and all. There's always been people doing that. I think the bigger story here is that this is completely happening off the radar. The entire CISPA conversation, the discussion around it, and the fallout where these members, freaking members of Congress, are getting harassed with with violence threats yeah. from scary hackers on the internet, and the media is not covering this. Now, are they told not to cover it? Do you think- I I think they're not covering it because. Or they don't understand it. They don't know how to convey it to spin it. I guess it's a hard. There's that, and the and the Boston bombing story is much bigger, and uh, you know, much it's 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 much more their traditional territory, and also their parent companies have a huge interest in CISPA in most cases. Oh yeah, well, a lot of these com- these parent companies are also internet service providers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the yeah, funny ex- thing about exactly. it. So yeah, mm-hmm. they they have a vested interest, and they don't want to destroy that interest. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Mr. Chase. So uh, right now, we'll keep updating you. Go And uh, also tomorrow in TechSnap, if anything develops, we're following the story pretty closely because I feel like CISPA, I think it's one of those long-term things. That, do, you, do you really think the president's going to sign it? I mean, I think after if there what were, happened with the NDAA? I think there could be last-minute um, chump compromises that are just sort of like for show that don't actually resolve any issues that Obama could then lean on and say, well, these changes were made. But if they make the changes, it has to go back to the House for ratification. I think, well, why so? That, that's good. They'll just, it'll fly right back out of there. You think so? Oh, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what? why is it different this time? Did it, was it because of, under the guise of the Boston bombing that it snuck through? That was brought up. That was used. I, I cut that from the clip there, but did you see that? Did you see that, by the way, that when it was going to the House? Did we cover that last week? Yeah, we did. Okay, good. Good. Because that is outrageous. They actually, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and well, the, the, all almost all of the clips about the Boston bombing today, after we get to after we get through a certain portion of them, are all like well, at least three of them. So I shouldn't say all, but there's <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole thread that are all about the internet and how the internet was was involved with this Boston bomb terror plot. Well, also a fireworks factory or a fireworks place. Too. We'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that too. Uh, before we get to that, I want to take just a minute, and uh, I meant to play this last week. Amy Goodman. Uh, so. Right-wing haters, get your pitchforks out, because I'm talking about Amy Goodman for a minute. Uh, she does a little show, Chase, you might have heard, called Democracy Now. And, uh, then or now? Well, Democracy Now, Chase. Not then. No. Now. Currently. Democracy currently right now. Currently, oh. she's doing a show called Democracy Now. Ha, how's that? Now or then? Oh, crap. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, she comes from the public broadcast days, where that was the big access to the people. She's not really so much of the internet generation. But I think what she says here is exactly what our show's about. Okay. And I wanted to just play it. All right. One of the recurring themes in your writing is the corporate media, as you call it. What is the corporate media, and what does it do or not do? Well, that's what most people see on television, on most channels. Not all, and that's the hope. Um, it's the channels, NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, you know, that break for the advertisers that turn to corporate support. I see the hope as public media. Media that's brought to you by the listeners and the viewers who are deeply committed to independent information. 
when we cover war not brought to you by the weapons manufacturers, when we cover climate change not brought to you by the oil, the gas, the coal companies, the nuclear companies, when we cover the health care debate in this country not brought to you by big pharma, the drug companies, or by the insurance industry, but brought to listeners and viewers by listeners and viewers Ding. who feel that information <laughs> is power. Um, that information is essential. It's the oxygen of a democracy. And we've said that before. That you know, wow. we, we really feel like part of what people have said is is contributing to this show enough. Is just listening to this show enough. Sometimes after watching and listening to the show, I feel like I should do more. And I have said, and I think you know, Chase, you and I have gotten some good conversations on and off air that it's really about spreading ideas and spreading information and people who want to know information sharing information with other people who want to know information. Exactly. And I think she really nailed it really no, well. That, I mean, how how better can you put it? I mean, and, that was really solid. And that is, that's what this show is about, and uh, we don't have any sponsors, but we are looking for 133 monthly supporters. We have 65 right now. We had 65 last week. Ooh. We only have 65 thanks to Spencer R. and Q, who signed up this week, because we also had some unsubs. That oh, happens. Yeah. I would really like to make this show work, but... Right now, it is not sustainable, but I I think we can keep getting there, and I want to keep working on it. I want to keep moving the show forward, but I, we cannot continue to indefinitely move forward without full funding, because at a certain point, especially after I have a third child and my wife quits working- Wait, you're I having have, a third kid? It's ridiculous. And, I think people don't realize that. <laughs> and the, and the, well, the, the, what, what the reality is, and the only reason I, I'm not using that as a sales tool, I'm using that to demonstrate to you the sincerity here, that my wife will quit working at that point, and I could use my Wednesday to go earn more revenue. By co client contracting. I don't want to do that. I want to keep doing this show. We can't do it at 65. And I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, but I'm telling you as a business person who owns a business, I cannot do this show at 65 people a month. And I know a lot of you can't do it, and that's fine. And I appreciate everyone out there who uses our affiliates, who uh, donates what they can. We have some people email me and say, hey, man, I can't afford $13 a month, but I'm doing what I can. You know what? We totally understand and appreciate that. But if you value this show, and you can afford the $13 a month, and you do believe it's premium content, please consider subscribing. You can find links in the show notes. We have them there, and we're even accepting Bitcoin now. But you do have to let me know, because it doesn't... So this is the problem Take with Take a drink, everybody, because Chris just mentioned Bitcoin uh, again. <laughs> Here's something. If you decide to get into Bitcoin, you need to know. Uh, when people donate, it can be completely anonymous, so you don't know what email address to, like... Like add them Give to any, credit to, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so you can't like add them to this so you have to let me know if you do a Bitcoin route but we do have subscription links in there through Amazon or PayPal if you can afford it we really do appreciate it because I, I, we want to keep this thing going you know I I can't stress this enough you know and I I know during the show we we tend to do this before and after shows for the supporters but I want to take a minute and just just say this you know I I've been doing this show with Chris you know for the past forty seven weeks first you know obviously we started with a with a larger group and then it we refined it and got it got it down uh -huh. to this stage. Uh -huh. And this is, you know, one of my only outlets where I can openly talk about how I feel and and and, and you know, I'm not saying that I'm always right. I'm not saying, you know, I'm always wrong. You know, we we we, we always have those and you know, there are times in Chris and I disagree on certain things too. Uh but the one thing you got to realize you guys is that we, you know, like Chris says and and also um, you know, our democracy now anchor says so so perfectly, so perfectly mm -hmm. is that you know we can't we can't take sponsors. I mean, 
the the day if you're saying you're probably saying to yourself, well, yeah. well, Chris, well, just 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 take GoDaddy, go ahead, just take their money and don't care. Or, but then at that point, we've already gone against our ideals. Yeah, I actually we've already we've just we've just eliminated you, that. You know, you've you vocalized perfectly what was going through my head earlier today on the when I was prepping the show, and I was thinking, you know, this is this is not working, and I gotta I gotta admit to that at some point. I gotta just admit it's not working, and then I thought. But I don't want to stop doing the show. So do I. And then I thought, okay, maybe I'll say, you know, if we can get to X amount of funding and X amount of episodes, then, you know, we won't we won't have a sponsor. But if we can't get there, I'll go out and I'm going to find a sponsor. And the reality is that I'm not going to play that game and I don't want a sponsor for this show. Well, I mean, it's not appropriate for the show. Who are you going to find? I well, mean, I mean, I mean, and again, I, we're going to talk about stuff today. You're going to that find I, that's the right sponsor for the show. You're and, not. And I just the stuff we're going to talk about today. I don't know if there's people that want to be in that show. Why, yeah, why would they want their name tied to that? Yeah, I mean, it's just risky stuff. Yeah, I mean, we take a risk by being in this show, uh, but we do it because we want to do it. Um, and I, I hope that if you can, if you do appreciate the show and you can afford, please consider subscribing. When we get to 133, we don't actually even make any profit. It just covers for one day of my time yep. to do the prep of the show. But if we can at least do that, then that's getting us to uh, that's getting to a position where then. Uh, you know, we're at least uh, not in the red so much, Mr. Chase. What do you say we uh, lighten things up a little bit? You want to you want to uh, play a little game of? <laughs> Let's ask the chat room, Chase. I've got a great question for you. This last week has been a bonanza. There's been so many great things for the media to cover. Chris, breathe. Oh, oh, Chase, are breathe. you ready? Okay, chat breathe? room, breathe. Just breathe. Now ask the question. Who do you think was the absolute dominator in the ratings? During the whole Boston bombing fiasco, you know which channel? Which channel? Don't okay. say because you got You're gonna have to pick somebody from the chat room. Chat room. Who dominated the ratings? Was it NBC? Was it ABC? Was it CNN? Was it MSNBC? Was it Fox News? Who dominated the ratings? Wow, there's so many people that voted. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I don't even. You can't really actually compare NBC to some of the other guys, so. Everybody's voting NBC. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. Oh, there's a whole bunch. Chase, you want to pick somebody? Uh, you ready? I, I'll uh, go for it. Uh, pull that lever. You ready? Okay. Okay. Pull it. All right. Here we go. Linux right. King wants to know: Is it Fox News? It is not Fox News. Wait. You got your. I was oh. setting you up for that sound. That. Oh, well, I didn't load that sound. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Uh, hey, how about this? Are they serious? <laughs> All right. Harry is saying CBS. It is not CBS. Go again. Uh, Sakuramu said CNN. Boom! It is CNN. You guys got it. Congratulations. Way to go, Sakuramu! You win yourself a Wolf Blitzer. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer. There you go. You got yourself a Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) Hey, hey, this is Wolf Blitzer. That's all you get, though. You only get the partial. Yeah, CNN totally dominated. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Al Jazeera did a little write-up uh, about uh, about the uh, bonanza that U.S. cable uh, news networks, uh, while f- while the fast-paced reporting of rumors, hy- uh, hyperbole, and uh, innuendo serves very little in the cause of informing and enlightening millions who rely on cable news for information, and undoubtedly, it unout- undoubtedly does well at generating widespread fear and hy- hysteria. This wow. is less a result of a grand conspiracy and more of a simple of market economics. Throughout the crisis, ratings on major cable news stations surged to a shooting up over 194% of normal averages for CNN. Also, uh, 
Fox News and MSNBC posted similar gains. Wow. Yeah. Um, Incredible. This is the nasty thing about this business. They, this is where they make their money. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we linked to an article about how CNN has special prices for crises where they actually charge more when uh, S is going down, which is just disgusting. Uh, and uh, so anyways, link to that in the show notes. It's it's a little uh, it's a little gross. But why don't we talk about this Boston bombing? Uh, NBC will kind of I thought one thing we could do is I, I actually, you know, Brian Williams, he's my boy. Uh, He's got a good cadence. Yeah, exactly. In tonight. And I thought, I really liked what they did. Let's go back in time to the night of the Boston bomber manhunt. Lockdown in the Boston suburbs tonight. A million people forced to stay in their homes after a wild and harrowing night. Gunfire in the streets. Today, it looks more like a military state, a ghost town, while the most hunted man in America is hunted down. Our day-long NBC News coverage continues now as NBC Nightly News gets underway. Terror in Boston. Yeah. This is NBC Nightly News. Every network did this. They had bumpers. They had... Boston bomb lower thirds. They had. If you are a voiceover artist, man, yeah. you're getting some bank. Yeah, or or a motion graphics guy. I, I could do that, dude. You could you could do that or the motion totally graphics. Terror in Boston. Uh, I really, I uh, Fox News actually generally, I will be the first to say, has the highest production value of all the networks. Really had kind of a mediocre uh, transition uh, wipe for their uh, Boston. I was really underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Was it like a tea bag going by? <laughs> wow. Wow. Let's go back. Let's go back to Brian. With Brian Williams. Good evening. All day today, upwards of one million people were told to stay inside their homes because of the search for one very dangerous man. It has been a harrowing and violent 24 hours. A chain of events touched off when we learned what the two Boston Marathon bombing suspects looked like. Now, that was really something. I mean, that really, like, they had the conference, that, you know, after they just released the photos, they had the conference, they're like, eh, we're calling it a night, see you, everybody, you can come out of your homes now. And uh, about 20 minutes after that, man, the S just hit the fan. Oh, man. Then last night, word of a shooting. Then word of a shootout. One of the suspects is dead. His younger brother is believed to be still out there. A college student described by friends as kind, intelligent, friendly, and accepting. He is being sought tonight as a terrorist bomber, a bloodless murderer. And tonight, life remains frozen in place in much of the Boston metro area. All right, so that was of the night. And here uh, are the last few moments um, of the uh, police scanner as they make the capture. I came out today, by the way, he didn't have a weapon with him in the boat. So they send in an armed vehicle with a robotic arm, and it rips 
the sheet off the top of the boat. Wow. Okay. We have movement in the boat. He just sat up. He's moving, flailing about, quite a bit of movement. The suspect's in custody. And uh, this, you know, this was really, uh, it really actually was an amazing work of all the different jurisdictions. And uh, they had uh, the federal government brought in their uh, their helicopter with a heat uh, camera, and they were able to see him moving around inside the boat. Uh, really a scene, Chase, to see all of these people down there to chase this one 19-year-old kid at this point. Um, and the point, of, at the point during the night that was really, I mean, I watched all of this live, the point that was really quite interesting was, how the older brother uh, ended up dying. Um, eventually, the older brother uh, came out of cover in charge, uh, came directly at one of my offices, uh, shooting at him. Well, when, as I understand, though, explain to me is that they actually cuffed him and he was down when he was run over. Was he, was he moving and did his brother then essentially kill him when he ran over him? Um, I'm, we're not sure exactly what what happened just before that was the brother the older brother came at our officer they were within 10 feet of each other of what my officer exchanging gunfire um, and uh, there is a blog uh, that we have linked in the show notes and the guy was in his apartment and getting pictures of this shootout and he you, we can actually see like the brothers get behind the vehicle and this is see, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories that they they never shot at the cops and there's supposedly audio going around that proves that this blows the lid off that you can see the brothers taking uh, shelter behind the SUV you can see the older brother firing at the cops you can even see when he runs at the cops like a crazy man <laughs> and they start shooting at him you can see when he goes down wow uh, so uh, this is, you know, this is the way of this is the way of the future where people on the Internet are able to just collectively share this kind yeah, of. But, uh, but, but Chris, you got to realize that, you know, this can't be shared on the Internet. <laughs> well, you, you don't want this on the he Internet. He actually did pull all this down for a little while. Why? Uh, because of that reason, because he was because, like, I guess he was getting heat for it. But he ended up putting them back up, thankfully. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Uh, here, I'll, I'll let this play out. And then the older brother ran out of him. You know? Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's a, just a stray bolt that went into their place and, and oh went through God. the guy's desk chair at his, at his computer desk. Oh and he just goodness. hadn't he wasn't sitting in it at the time. Holy crap. Yeah, that was just a stray bullet. Ignition. Another officer tackled him, threw him to the ground. Two other officers in him hit, started to handcuff him. At the same time, the brother got in the uh, SUV and came roaring down the street. My officers had trouble hearing that because of so many explosions, um, and somebody was able to get their attention. They dove out of the way just before being run over and killed by the brother, uh, and he did, in fact, run his brother over. In my understanding, is he was dragged about 40 feet down the street. So that's the official story there, that he, he drove over his own brother in this stolen Mercedes SUV, and then drug him 40 feet down the street. And uh, I've seen pictures of the brother. He definitely got drugged by a vehicle. Yeah. And he definitely got run over. Yeah. Um, have you seen those? They're really yeah, disgusting. Yeah, they're, they're pretty nasty, gnarly pictures. Uh, so the the scene at this point is, is pretty intense. And right by the shootout, there is somebody else running down the street, the naked man. The naked man. And uh, the, so the story goes, and I've... I I not only watched this happen. So while this was happening, I had freaking Justin TV up for uh, stream going. I had all of the cable streams coming in. I had free TV going. I had uh, satellite radio. I mean, I was pulling in as many. I was ridiculous. It was crazy. And I saw this. I saw this happen. I, I was watched it live and I saw them stop the guy. And they so this guy, he's running down. He's running down the street 
and the cops just come out of everywhere and surround him. He gets down on the ground. They make him stretch out on the ground. He stays there for like ever. He's all flat. And you could, if you take a look, yeah. then afterwards, after the cops bring him in, hit play on that. On oh, okay. that, uh, yeah. it's it's they 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 uh, they blur out his uh, manly bits. Okay. They strip him naked there on the street, and then make him walk to the police car in front of all of the news media and everybody into the police car. Now, supposedly, he was let, he's been let go because he had nothing to do with it. He was out for a jog. He uh, supposedly wasn't following the hunker-at-home hunker uh, instructions. But uh, this was a huge source of uh, conspiracy theories. Is a lot of people thought that was the older brother. A lot of people thought that was the older brother and he was still alive. Now, Because wh- he looks like him. Yeah, but why... Why make him strip? I guess because they, they thought, they he, thought had he might have a bomb or something. I don't know. Uh, or to make so that way he was. So the, now the conspiracy theory goes that he was going to be the backup patsy if they didn't get a guy. They were going to make him the older brother because he looked like him, but they stripped all the clothes off him because he was obviously wearing different clothes. That's oh, that's how the conspiracy theory goes. Jeez, wow! I don't give that. I wouldn't any. even. I wouldn't even thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, and dude, I and I fry it bacon. Dude, it goes, man. It just goes down. It goes. It's just, dude. I you like can, bacon. Once you get into the bacon zone, it just keeps going deeper and oh, deeper. So I try goodness. not to go too far down into that. Uh, man, Glenn Beck made a lot of hay on the whole conspiracy stuff this last week. Uh, but here's the part that really has me riled up. This is what all of my energy this week is coming from: is the dramatic abuses of people's rights that happened in the search of this 19-year-old guy. The dramatic scene played out in front of our cameras. Parents grabbing their children and running after spending the night hunkering in their houses and then finding themselves face-to-face with the muzzle of a SWAT officer's rifle. It's a little stressful. It was a little stressful seeing these guys uh, pointing big guns and you're holding your daughter in your arms, but um, they're, they're doing the right thing. You know, they're trying to secure the neighborhood. Each time the SWAT team would rescue a family at the point of a gun, they would rush into the home in an armed line. Guns ready in case the suspect was hiding inside. Each time they cleared out a residence, they did it with a force that reflected the uncertainty of not knowing who was a friend and who was a foe. And he banged on the door. I looked up. I was shocked. And there was a gun or two guns or whatever pointing down at me and the guys. And they said, get out, get out. I said, okay. And I wanted to know, uh, you know, do I get my shoes? Or just get out, get out. Okay. All right. The pattern dramatically repeated house after house, but finally it came apparent. The families were out of their homes and the suspect was not inside. About an hour later, the drama picked up suddenly again as officers rushed to a house what had been a safe area. They broke down one door and then took the people cowering in the house next door out, their hands on their heads. So this didn't get a lot of national play, but on the local media there, you can find a lot of clips of uh, SWAT teams rushing into homes, putting guns in people's faces, and freaking, I mean, people come out of their house just screaming, crying because they're scared to death. And then they make these people go sit on the street while they run through their houses. And you can find pictures online of this What's the legality here? I want. I want to know because I, I, as far as I know, I mean, I, I'm not a legal expert here, but if some cop came to my door, pointing a gun at me, they can't just enter my home without permission. I, uh, you know, uh, it they is, can't. I don't know. I mean, can they? I don't know. It was wild, man. There's pictures of like where they where they where they surround this one house and like they crawl up like on the guy's shed and they have sharpshooters perched on the shed, pointed at the door, and then when they're pounding on the door, they've got. Freaking snipers trained on the damn front entrance. How how can they legally for people, dude? Just because I I don't know, man. It's like they're uh, they're uh, and it's all in the pursuit of getting this guy. And I guess like there's there's no line that can that can't be crossed. 
Well, I mean, and uh, and what's what's so scary, Chase, is people are applauding it. People are applauding what they did, and I think if you see it, if you saw it, but the media isn't showing any of this. They're not showing these pictures, but it is. I mean, I just I picture this happening here, and I picture them combing through my house like this. It's unsettling. I mean, I know. I mean, Penguin Man and Arjaram saying, you know, the Fourth Amendment, and I. And I know the Fourth Amendment. See, in this video we're showing in the enhanced video version, you see they have police out in the street who have guns trained on the front entrance of the house as these owners come out. The guy is nowhere near this. They have all of Boston on lockdown when, when you know, they're up in Watertown. They have a blanket. Now, is, is that true, Pressman 57? Because Pressman 57 in our chat room said they have a court order, a blanket warrant. Is that a real int- thing? For the whole city of Boston? Really? For this neighborhood, they can do that? Look at this. And so they're walking around. They're, they've got, look at these guns these guys have got. Because I, I thought uh, you know, a search warrant has to be very specific, signed by a judge for that particular house in place or subject or whatever the case may be, that, that house or, or, or property. Uh, I mean, if if, some, if if a cop knocked on my door, uh, I, I legally don't have to let them inside. Look at this. Look at this. They're, they're, they're patting down everybody that comes out of the house. These these people have nothing to do with this, and they're getting pat-downs when they're pulled out of their own homes. They're getting searched. Did anybody refuse a search? Anybody that we know about? Uh, there were a few people arrested. So maybe there were there were there were additional people arrested. This 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 is proof pudding, folks. Right here, what you're watching right now, dude. This what the hell? They declared martial law without declaring martial law. I mean, the place was a ghost town. They had everything on lockdown. And these these, I mean, it's just where do you draw the line? And see, here's the problem: is the way the system is designed. Nobody is going to get in trouble for going too far because all you're trying to do is protect citizens and nobody is going to be the guy that said, ah, I don't think we should go that far. And then if something bad happens, it's his ass. You know what I'm saying? So the problem is the way the political system is designed and the way the way the money machine works around all of this is it's in all of the system's best interest to just keep overreaching like this. How 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 is this? I, I How is this legal? How is this? I, I that's what I want to know. Is it the only way it's legal technically is because the the people just let them in based upon fear? Maybe because of the gun. As soon as they, as soon as the the uh, there's an I guess an implied um, an implied permission by just moving out of the way. I guess the the people didn't say no. But how could you even say no to a cop putting a gun in your face? Chat room raises an interesting point. Is you know they could have maybe saved time and money just by putting out a ten million bounty on him. Why was there ever a bounty put out? Well, remember the guy, the the, uh, the 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 second brother in the boat. The only reason why that he was discovered in the boat is because that one guy called it in. Well, yeah, but why did that? How did that guy called it in? Because they lifted the 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 uh, the, uh, the right. stay in your home right. order. Right. So the, the shelter. Guy, the so, so what happened was they they lifted that order. Yeah, he went the out guy, for a pee or whatever. They, yeah, he went I don't out. Know what he's doing he, he went out to Maybe his backyard. He went out to take a poop. That's what I do. No, in my he went backyard. out. <laughs> He went out of his backyard to check on his stuff, and he noticed the cover on his boat was uh, – because uh, they sealed their boats for the winter. And he noticed it was ripped up. And so – This uh, is going to become the new 9-11 example that everything is going to be referenced to. Well, we need the funding. You know how many – I didn't include it because it had a bunch of music to the back of it. It was a little annoying. But there was this uh, – somebody put a montage of how many times Sequester was brought up over the weekend. And, and the lack of funding so we weren't we weren't fully prepared for this was blamed over and over again over the well, weekend on the Sunday well, talk shows. And I know we don't have a story on this, but we're also hearing that about flight delays in New York yep, and Los yep, Angeles. Yep. Where oh, because it's a sequester, you know, we have to delay air traffic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's completely bull. Oh, you guys were all laughing how the sequester didn't seem to impact air travel. Well, guess what? It now is it is. Now. Yeah. Yep. Well, here's the thing. You know, th- there is a little something to the could they have done more theory. Uh, and and uh, are we hearing the full story? I think there's some questions around there, too. First of all, uh, I think it's pretty well known now that the older brother was already under investigation. Tamerl and Tsarnaev first hit the FBI's radar in 2011 when the Russian government told the agency they should check him out. The Russian FSB sent a letter to the FBI and other agencies that we think this guy has become radical. You need to watch him. An FBI statement said the request from Russia was based on information that he was a follower of radical Islam and a strong believer that he had changed drastically since 2010 as he prepared to leave the United States for travel to the country's region to join unspecified underground groups. The FBI says it checked U.S. government databases, telephone communications, online activity, and also actually interviewed Tamerlan Tsarnaev and family members. But the FBI says it did not find any terrorism activity, so it gave that information to Russia and asked for, but did not receive more specific or additional info. Case closed. Case closed because they didn't get a reply back from Russia. However, uh, this next clip raises a very interesting question that I want to bounce off you, Mr. Chase. Yes, sir. And, and Bob Baer, it seems Russia... By the way, remember Bob Baer, former CIA operative, yep. uh, 30 years in the field, uh, tons of experience. He's been on CNN more recently. ...may have been onto something because obviously they had suspicions about the older brother, and yet the FBI says they checked him out, they didn't deem him to be a threat, and therefore there was no real reason for them to, to follow up. How do you reconcile the two? If the Russians had concerns, we don't... Do, we don't yet know what those concerns were actually based on. Anderson, I've dealt with Russian intelligence before, a lot, in fact, and they don't come. You hear all that noise in the background? Yeah. All week, CNN's been on the streets of Boston. The Situation Room has apparently been moved out to the street, and now... It's now the Situation Street. And where Anderson Cooper is keeping them honest in Cooper 360 land is now on the street. And what's in a great sack. is apparently CNN's using like the oldest technology of all of the networks because CNN has that great like semi satellite leg, right? Between them and their guests, the other networks have all managed to solve this problem. <laughs> However, they are doing it. CNN has not, so it's been funny watching them step all over each other all week. The the CIA or the FBI with with a name and describing somebody as a radical unless they have something concrete. It, there's just a long history of this. They don't simply turn in their citizens to us saying, look at them. Now, isn't that a great point? When you think about the fact that Russia contacted us and said, hey, we got this citizen of ours and we think you should go get him. <laughs> how, how, when does that happen? Right, yeah. That's... So, I mean, just the fact that that even happened tells you this was probably a, a bad guy. Yeah, So, so why... And I, I even sent you a text about this. It's mm-hmm. like, we knew about this guy two years ago. Yep. Two years ago. Yep. Ugh, it feels like a total setup, man. Uh, all right. So ah! now, maybe not, Chase. Now, maybe? here's, here's, here's what not. I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm dead wrong. I, I got a question. I'm always I wrong. got a question for you. Uh, why do you suppose... Well, let me play this and let me ask you. Investigators are talking with the suspect's parents in Russia, and they're tracing a source for the explosives that brothers may have used. Don Daler is in Boston. Don, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Investigators are trying to determine if Johar and Tamarin Zarnayev used gunpowder from fireworks 
to create at least some of the bombs they allegedly spread across the finish line at the Boston Marathon. Ten weeks prior to the attacks, Tamerlan Zarnaev was seen going into a New Hampshire fireworks store and buying two lock-and-load mortar kits. Now, those are very large fireworks. He paid cash for those. Large Large Most fireworks. people do pay cash for fireworks. That's not shocking. I know. I, I know. You know, the cash, that's that's the drug money I hear about. It's just like them bitcoins. Uh, so here's where the media, I think, Chase. Now, tell me if I'm if I'm, if I'm I'm just all up on my crazy box right now. Right. I'm going to just fry. I'm going to tell you what. Got to fry a little bacon. All right. Mm, smells good. I think even even just using the fireworks is all. Okay. Okay. I should back up. Everything that they do in these reports is scripted. Every every piece of B-roll that they play is yep. thought out. Everything right. is scheduled. Okay. It's all put into a prompter. Not, you know, m- multiple people outline. write these. Yeah, right. okay. Yep. So when you keep mentioning fireworks, fireworks, I believe the message you're trying to convey, anybody could do this. Anybody could do this. Anybody can go out there and do this. It's just regular old fireworks, gunpowder and fireworks. We need to fireworks. regulate fireworks now. And you know what? I'm not saying no, no. I'm not saying that. No. Okay. What I'm saying is they're trying to it, they're trying to build a narrative around lone wolf, self radicalized, able to arm himself with a with a pressure cooker from Macy's and a few parts from the uh, local store and some fireworks, and he made himself a weapon of mass destruction. We are starting to get some more details about the nature of the charges against the 19-year-old. Uh, we are learning that right now Sarinayev has been specifically charged with one count of using and conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. So, and it's all, I think it's, you know, and here's the thing, is you could put any kind of explosive in there, really. You can, yeah. it's, it's really more about how you effing detonate it. Peter, right. we know the surviving brothers indicated that, to authorities that no foreign terrorist groups were involved. No, of course. got to mention that in every report. Nope. Do you buy Remind that? I mean, you. do you believe that, th- that these two brothers, if in fact they are guilty, could have devised, built, and tested these weapons on their own here in Massachusetts? Or do you think there is some kind of overseas component to the training in, in some way? Now, you need to understand the guy he's asking has years of experience with terrorism. He's interviewed Osama, one of the few people who's actually interviewed Osama bin Laden. Uh, this guy knows, has he knows experienced this industry in and out. Yep. I think it's incredibly unlikely that they didn't get some training to blow up two bombs simultaneously that actually work without training or practice is extremely unlikely. And if you look at the two cases of jihadi terrorists really seriously intending to make bombs in this country, Post 9-11, one was a Times Square bomber in 2010. He got training from the Pakistani Taliban. The other one was a guy called Najibul Azazi. He was planning to blow up bombs in the Manhattan subway in 2009. He got training from Al-Qaeda. There's one other case of a very confused young man who converted to Islam, seemed to also admire Timothy McVeigh. Uh, He tried to build a bomb. He almost killed himself in 2011. And, And that's the only other example I can think of with somebody who was sort of jihadist tendencies who try to do it you know go it alone in this country without training and it almost killed him bob bear i know you also think that that there there must have so that was peter bergen he's written the book on terrorist organizations now he's asking bob bear that cia guy there been some sort of overseas or, or there must have been some level of training or bomb testing to take place um i, I talked to tom fuentes former assistant director of the fbi earlier today he was saying he thought it could be done just on the internet, and he he used the example of the Toronto 18. He said somebody involved in that plot uh, claims that they just got information over the internet and, and a, a kind of a home study program. 
and actually tested <laughs> a device in their own home. Do you, do, you, do you buy that? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, I've spent 30 years dealing with explosives. I'm still scared of them. I wouldn't touch them without someone standing over my shoulder. Uh, you know, I don't know how they got detonators, that sort of key. Uh, did they use cell phones and take secondary power sources? I can go on and on and on. And the chances of you and I going to the, to the store and coming home and assembling these things and making it go off, making two of, are, is very, very remote. It's very hard to do. Or they got very, very lucky. Um, I just, Multiple I don't times. see it. And okay, so that's Peter Bergen and Bob okay. Bear who All say, right. I don't see it. It seems very unlikely. If okay. that's not enough for you, the chair of Homeland Security Committee also thinks it's very hard to believe they worked alone. And a final question, sir. You know, you, the younger brother, Jahar, is saying they acted alone. Uh, it's unclear at this point whether that's just what he's saying or whether it's actually true. You know, there are reports the older brother had met with extremists during that trip to Dagestan, and there are a lot of other uh, questions right now about how he became uh, a, a, a radical. Do you think that they truly acted alone at this point? I, I find that uh, <clears throat> difficult to um, believe. I also find the idea that there wasn't any foreign connection. This is, again, the chair of the Homeland Security Committee. A difficult uh, to believe when you look how to the chair. Just sophisticated chair. Uh, these bombs yep. were that they Hangs made. Uh, most of the experts nice I've leather. talked to uh, indicate that there had to have been some sort of trainer uh, who trained them in this. And some training ground that they went to to test these explosives uh, and whether that happened over in in Chechen region or whether that happened in the Boston area we don't know the answers to that but it is a, the job of the FBI and Homeland Security to cast a wide net to make sure hmm. that there's anybody else involved with this this horrible bombing uh, that uh, we catch them oh yeah chairman good to talk to you again we appreciate it and you heard the chairman say he finds it difficult to believe they acted alone or without foreign influence absolutely incredible yeah <laughs> so that's three experts who say it is it seems inconceivable to us that they could have worked alone wow. yet the narrative on the media is all they worked alone they're lone wolves right radicalized via the internet and of course uh, lawrence o'donnell on msnbc he's not having any of this you got to get on track everybody we got to blame this on the internet Just sort of the mundane uh items that they were able to put together apparently by oh this gal oh boy uh, this gal oh. just by going to google or bing oh man this gal is on msnbc and i gotta tell you uh i just going online and figuring out how to make such deadly destructive weapons, they didn't have to obtain some sophisticated equipment. A lot of this was stuff that was relatively easy to obtain. I think that's another issue that we have to look at. But as you said, we have disparate state laws. It's very difficult to police something when each law, each state makes its own laws. Damn states. Michael, uh, not to judge the credibility of what we're hearing but uh, from the suspect, anyway. but just to judge the, the probabilities involved. Uh, based on everything you've seen, the device they've used uh, this now remind you we just heard from three people who know what the hell they're talking about story that we learned how to do this from the internet we uh, were kind of inspired by some of these websites uh, we've gone to uh, with e extremist uh, uh, Islamic clerics who, who are on them and, and these th that stuff is there anything you've heard developed from the from the suspect where you say ah oh, no I, that doesn't sound possible this is actually a fairly typical story of homegrown extremists, typical. in my experience. In his experience, it's typical. Um, yes. We've Very had typical. a history of homegrown extremists in the United States of having pretty extensive ties here in the United States. Of course, the Fort Hood shooter, Nadal Hassan, who was a major in the Army. Um, the Times shooter. Square bomber married two kids, an MBA. So uh, the basic 
the basic profile of these two is not really inconsistent with we need more internet blaming what we've seen yes. and to your point about the internet okay almost every homegrown al-qaeda inspired extremist that we've seen in the united states over the past five to six years has really been affected quite significantly by english-speaking extremist um preachers online we're uh, preaching extremities on the uh, internet here, and also, uh, turns out, we're scary. Today, the other motivational element added to the mix was the American invasion of okay. Afghanistan and then Iraq. Okay. Okay. So, oh, wait a minute. All of a sudden, from himself, from the actual suspect, we're told his motivation was the U.S. involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's right. This is something that Lawrence O'Donnell is going to want to talk about. Right. And we also learned that the older brother um, was a devotee of the Alex Jones web. Oh, Mr. Side and conspiracy theory info wars. So you have this combination of sort of radical ideology and increasing religiosity. But all probably his web history or something. I guess. Maybe. And what I love, what I love oh, is geez. he's the right wing extremist when he's on Pierce Morgan show talking about guns. But when when it when they can associate him with one of the the worst bombs bombing attempts since nine or bombing what do you call it events since nine eleven. Of course, it was you know right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then they then they mention Alex Jones. Then they'll associate oh. him with the name. Then they'll do the name drop, and you know that's just got to be killing him. Also buying into a lot of conspiracy theories. 9-11 trutherism apparently was a part of the mix. So, uh, yeah, it's not just websites that are put I've out by terrorists overseas or, or you know terror organizations overseas. It's also conspiracy theorizing right here in the U.S. So it is a pretty scary combination. That's scary, Michael, Chase. That's yeah, scary. I mean, you know, having, having thoughts and ideas and having alternative uh, – uh, it's very scary. Man, I'm pretty scared. I'm you need to be scared because you are not allowed to have any other thoughts or ideas, Chris. So I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disappointed. Um, I mean, uh, I, it's funny. I'm glad they got these guys, uh, and I think you know they had they had those bombs that they threw at the cops. Uh, you can see the explosions in that in that picture that the guy posted. You can see like where the, there's just like this burn mark on the street. Although it hardly even hardly even takes out the street. I mean, it these bombs are not these it's like a firecracker. So I'm, but I'm glad they got these guys. They were probably going to do more damage since they had bombs in the car. What would you do, Chris? I always like to th throw this at you. Let's say that this happened in Seattle, okay, and they were doing a metropolitan search for this guy, mm -hmm. and some cops came to your door with guns blazing, telling you to get out of your house. What would you do? Uh, you have to let them in. I mean, when they're in, they're in a fugue state. You are going to get shot. I really believe. They are like, there's blood in the water. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that uh, they said in one of the interviews is part of the reason why they were being aggressive, one of their justifications was for it was is they, they believed he was injured and they felt like they had a time window to find him. Now, what's interesting about that is they also said at the, at the same time, they weren't too worried about time because they felt like eventually he might just bleed out anyways. Right. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty, the thing I'm the most disappointed in is... Uh, how dominated, how one's lopsided the conversation has been and how little uh, critical attention to detail there has been uh, in the media. This is nothing new, but uh, I just wish it didn't still remain so effective. And I think, you know, and I have been processing a lot of media, just watching these and just absorbing all of this. And I'll tell you, Chase, and I, I, I think a lot of us should test ourselves when we can because you think you're smarter than than the messaging you think you're smarter than what they can do but today i was out driving and i looked over at a cemetery and there was this 
shady looking dude with a hoodie on and a backpack that was really saggy. And I'll tell you, for a second, it fl- I got it was a little suspicious. Really? It flashed through my head. Huh. And that is ridiculous. I can't think everybody walking around with a backpack in that it looks disheveled is See? a bomber. See, and that and that and that's what happens. You, you you're becoming saturated. Yeah. And influenced. Even though I am like recognizing it, it's still at some sort of you know, reptile level well, triggered some psychological reaction. Yeah. Almost. So I, I mean, I w- it's a crazy thing to think about. I would, I would be curious if anybody else uh, wants to do that test. Oh, you know, uh, also kind of not really related to the bombing, but happened around the same time. There's been a big update in the ricin scare. Oh, this has been crazy. This is CNN breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Indeed, more breaking news coming into the Situation Room right now. We're just learning that uh, charges against the man accused of sending ricin-tainted letters to President Obama and other U.S. officials, those charges have just been dropped. What? He was released from custody, custody today. Paul Kevin Curtis spoke to reporters just a few minutes ago. Last seven days, yeah. uh, staring at four gray walls like green, green grass at home, Dune. Uh, this is the not really knowing what's happening, not having a clue why I'm there. Uh, just being in a state of overwhelm is the best way I can I can describe it. Um, when you've been charged with something and you've you just you've never heard of it, ricin or whatever. I thought they said rice, so I said I don't even eat rice. Uh, <laughs> oh so my God. I, it's a learning experience for me. And for my family, I it is. Uh, I mean, what do you? I mean, I, I told him I don't even eat rice. You know what's interesting is a couple of days ago, before, and this is like before they released him, a lot of the writing was on the wall because they didn't. They did a computer thorough search, and they said they were going to send it in for a deep scan. Yeah. And they couldn't find any searches on his computer or anything, any uh, uh, ingredients <sighs> or anything related uh, you, to this did, poison. Did you see what what flagged him in the first place? Because uh, uh, doesn't he have a feud with a like a, an old uh, so or yes else? that that wasn't I don't so what so they so uh, these letters that are being mailed with the ricin in them are all signed with I am KC and I approve this message that's how they're all signed. Turns out this this funny Elvis guy, Elvis impersonator, yeah, also signs all his posts on the internet as oh. I am KC and I approve this message. Oh, God. Okay. They matched the two up somehow. I don't know if they're doing like some sort of meta keyword search all over the web. Like maybe they, maybe they just Googled that S and he was came up first. Uh, so they found it. They tracked it down to him. And because he signed his stuff online, that's what launched the investigation into him. Oh, my God. How freaky is that? So, you know, because because some random ricin mailer uses the same signature that he does online. But, Chris, if, if there was a CISPA here, I mean, you got to realize if there was CISPA involved here. Right. Then right. what would happen is. They would get more thorough information. This guy wouldn't be even be charged because they would have more access to more information. So, Chris, well, this is why we need CISPA. You know, and really, when you think about the advantages of leveraging something like pre-crime by using all of these data point indicators that yeah. CISPA will give us. I mean, a computer can give us a much we'll more accurate. a ton of time. Absolutely. Of time. You know, budget money. You know, budgets are tight right now, Chris. Yeah. You know, we need to concentrate on more, uh, more, you know, violent crimes. Right. Uh, I, I think this is one of those situations where but Chase, I isn't, want to go for Isn't it. crime, like, historic? Historically low, hasn't it been going down? Like, what, yeah, what news have you been watching? Oh, oh, you're right, you're right. You know what? Hold on, hold on a second, Chase. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, just a real quick uh, Fox News alert: uh, uh, gunshots fired somewhere. All right. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, saving money, something that's going to be uh, 
Padding budgets everywhere. Oh, drone report. That's right. In fact, a little good news from ABC. You can go to drone school now, everybody. The FAA estimates that some 10,000 commercial drones will be flying in the nation's skies within five years. Look to the future. Look to the skies. What do you see? I see hundreds of thousands of vehicles flying, being manufactured every year. Banking on that growth is retired Air Force Colonel and F-4 pilot Jerry Lemieux. When you think about the future, focus on the hundreds of commercial applications that these vehicles can be used for, such as agriculture. The news media is big, sports events. Lemieux has just started up the first unmanned vehicle university. Most of the teaching is done online, offering (laughs) masters. So, okay. Drone flying teaching is done online, the majority of it. All right. Doctorate degrees with courses in radar sensors, project management, and mission design, as well as intensive weekend programs. (laughs) And for those like Justin Woody, who want to learn how to fly unmanned aerial vehicles, the university offers a three-day hands-on course. In the future, what I want to do is get into what they call precision agriculture so that I could go and help spot the troubled areas in the fields and help the farmers uh, increase their crops. I cut it right there because the rest is all just kind of crap. But that was, you know, actually, for agriculture, you could see where a little uh, handy-dandy drone could be very valuable. You get in those niche places, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So this one almost became a supporter show clip because we've been following a few threads in the supporter show that we don't follow in the main show. Right. Uh, including we've been doing some some updates here and there on Benghazi. Yeah. However, this one is actually a pretty substantial update, and uh, it's uh, not looking good for old Hill Dog. What? The congressional report cites a State Department cable from April 2012, five months before the Benghazi attacks. The cable acknowledges the U.S. ambassador's request for additional security, but instead, according to the report, articulated a plan to scale back security assets for the U.S. mission in Libya, including the Benghazi. Mission. Republicans who viewed the cable say it bears Secretary Clinton's signature, which they claim contradicts this assertion she made in a hearing this January. I didn't see those requests. Uh, They didn't come to me. I didn't approve them. I didn't deny them. The report also concludes that the administration will... That old Clinton memory. uh, She she doesn't recall. I did not sign. I do not recall doing that. ...fully perpetuated a deliberately misleading and incomplete narrative, editing talking points about the attacks, not at the direction of the CIA, as the White House has claimed, but to insulate the State Department from criticism that it ignored the threat environment in Benghazi. The report cites fragments of State Department emails expressing concern in the days after the attacks that the original talking points could apply that they were not paying attention to agency warnings. Even after changes were made, a senior State Department official wrote that the edits still did not resolve all my issues or those of my building leadership. Two days later, after still more changes, those talking points were used by the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Susan Rice, on five Sunday talk shows. We do not have information at present that leads us to conclude that this was premeditated or preplanned. House Democrats complained they were cut out of this investigation and we were not able to view the State Department emails to confirm that the quotes were accurate or that they were taken out of context. I like that she says that, like, they can normally view State Department emails, but this time they were being real jerks. They wouldn't let us view their email. Right. 
The White House did not issue a flat-out denial, Scott, but they did tell CBS News that the report, quote, appears to raise questions that have already been asked and answered in great detail. Nancy Cordes at the Capitol. Nancy, thank you very much. Are they serious? <laughs> Are they serious? <laughs> Jeez, man. He's a jackass. So, uh, jackass. Benghazi stuff, boy. This just... Oh, man. So this is... This whole uh, this whole group was... It's all it's all Republican-controlled. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Republicans, uh, they have saw... They saw an opportunity to go after the Obama administration from with this Benghazi thing from the start. Fox News has been doing daily coverage for <laughs> a half a year now. And you know what? Lots of alerts. I think they've finally gotten some traction here. They've finally got into some uh, into a smoking bullet. They're going to use this as a hammer. Uh, and I'll tell you what else is if if uh, because they are fair and balanced, Chris. Well, I mean, no, I don't mean Fox. I mean, just you know, that's just politics. Yeah, the Democrats would be doing the same thing if there yeah. was a Republican. In, that's in, true. In the, Absolutely in the, in the office. Um, but I think what's going to be interesting to see is if there is more that comes out regarding how much the FBI knew about these brothers. If there is some foul ups that happen there, boy, is that going to be a wedge that they're yeah, going to try to push? Yeah, it's going to be a big wedge. All right, Mr. Chase, there's a one story that I just had to cover because it was highly voted on our subreddit this week. Yeah. And I know it's probably one that uh, you're probably happy to see, too. Uh, after being ordered by the D.C. Circuit Court to hold public rulemaking hearings for its whole body image scanners more than a year ago, the TSA has finally opened the screening policy for public comment. As what? Of, yes, sir. As of today, the TSA has only received 600 comments. That's kind of p- pathetic. It's up to 1,100 now. Okay, good. And uh, they're, uh, they're accepting them through uh, June 24th. Um, and you can go, uh, we have a link in the show notes to go file your thoughts on the uh, full body imaging scanners. So... But, yeah, so people can comment, but it's not like they're going to listen to them, right? Well, they're already kind of phasing them out a little bit. Yeah, they're phasing them out for the other type that doesn't show the the bits. The bits, that's all. Yeah, yeah. They're just phasing that out for something else. And I think it uses sound waves, maybe? Is that right? Or is that, that might be a different Or is it one. millimeter? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Chase. So there you go. I wanted to cover that because we've been, you know, we've been all about the TSA. We've been covering the TSA for a while here, and yeah. that's... Hey, it's better than a bad story. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought better than a bad story. All right, well, we got some emails to the inbox. You can always yes. email us, unfilter at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Mr. Chase, what's our first one? First one came in from Nick. Uh, Nick wrote in and said, hey, JB crowd, I've been working on an indie game, and while listening to the theme song at the beginning of Unfilter a few days ago, I thought, gee, this would make a perfect backing track to one of the levels in the game. I was wondering where Unfilter's theme song came from. Did you guys make it yourselves, or... Was it some from some indie artist or Jamundo, maybe? I'd be interested to hear more tracks like that. Maybe by the rights to ship a few in the game. Uh, so uh, we, I think, do we link that in the show notes? We should. Um, we, I just, we try to answer this question every ten episodes or so because we get it a lot. Uh, that's guitar sound by the talented Mr. Ronald Jenkins. Yeah, and he is very nice guy. Go over to RonaldJenkins.com and uh, he has his contact info on his page. And uh, you can just do what I do and email him and say, uh, hello, Mr. Jenkins, I love you, and ask for permission to use the song. He is, uh, he sort of got started on YouTube, so he appreciates that, you know, other people using his work just helps spread his work. And you can also buy the track if you love it. He's got his, the whole CD that this track comes on is uh, absolutely, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of the music is from that. So, uh, and uh, that's a good one, too. So uh, go over to his website and uh, ask him if you can use it or grab his CD because they're awesome. Yes, it is. Next email. Email coming in from Paul uh, with uh, some thoughts from the UK. He says, hey, guys, just listened to your last show from the UK. 
as as always, a good summary of the top few news stories and had a few comments and decided to write in and see what you thought. This one was concerning to the U.S. class system, uh, concerning to the U.S. class system that we did a while back. Oh, the U.K. class system where yeah. we took the test. Or UK, yeah, 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 sorry. yeah. yeah. Uh, the oil leak, gun control, and this one prompted me to write in with personal experience, weed affecting health. All right. First off, let me comment on the pipeline. Why is Canada shipping the U.S. a very corrosive oil to process? <laughs> Why not have the processing plants much closer to the source? Reduce the corrosiveness, or here's an idea. Turn it into something useful there, and then ship the product. I've only seen RT report this, and I haven't I haven't seen it covered other places. But according to RT, actually, the vast majority of the crude oil is not even staying here in the U.S. It's actually going to be shipped off, processed outside the states, and then sold back to us. <laughs> it's for isn't real, that, dude. Isn't that for great? real? Yeah. That's how the world works. Okay. Secondly, weed. I'm neither for or against people smoking weed. For it or against it. It's up to them. I do, however, see serial smokers. Vaporizers, is there a better word, uh, as people who use it too much and have a personality, which means they don't strive to do too much or achieve anything other than scrub the floor. I blame the personality, as I also know intelligent people like yourselves in challenging jobs who smoke rarely or have smoked. I see a problem uh, when these things affect others and would like to tell you a personal experience where my sister was growing weed, given to her by another greed gro- I'm sorry, <laughs> weed grower, a hmm. uh, family friend. Grow up. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, my brothers and sisters have grown and smoked weed for many years. I've never wanted to do either. Two years back, I went home for a visit and to pick up some old books and items I still have stored there. I went with a friend and while they were in the kitchen, I went to my items, uh, to get my items from my own room. The location, my sister was growing one or two small <laughs> weed plants Hello, for consumption. <laughs> oh man. I gathered my things, starting to sniffle and itch, reclosed the door and walked downstairs. As soon as I ran into my friend, he asked me what was wrong. I was itching a lot, uh, we, sneezing terribly, and my eyes were watering. It wasn't until he suggested that the weed plant that I even considered such a thing. Like an allergy. Yeah. Well, we Get, had an, we remember we had that clip. Getting into the open air got rid of all the symptoms. I cannot be certain uh, that they were not uh, that they, they were not male. Uh, we caught because we talked about the, the female right, male right. plants. Um, however, I do know that, that my sister did not take care of them properly and killed them. Oh. And I have been, uh, and I've been back since into that room without being affected, but also without the weed. Right. I could ask her if you would like and get back to you guys with an update. I suppose, yeah, I'd be curious now because yeah. what we had what we had said was that uh, uh, that uh, what was it? Oh, she was complaining. It was a neighbor that was complaining about making her eyes burn, and she said it was the pollen. And then we said that the female plants didn't have pollen. Um, but I don't I can, know if that's true or not. Uh, like I said, I'm not pro or anti. It's just a choice each person should be able to make. Keep up the informative work. The only thing he forgot to leave out on this, because mm. he said he was going to touch on it, was the class stuff. He said he was going to talk about the. Oh UK, yeah, and he didn't. And he didn't get into <laughs> it. Uh, so Paul, uh, so Paul, update us on the. If, what do you if think? They, what what class are you, Paul? Well, if you, you know, <laughs> I would even have male plants, but out, let us know about that, and then let us know about the class system. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's so weird. Yeah, that is weird. He just left it out, but you know. Yeah. Sometimes people get going, and then that maybe he's like, "Oh, this email's too." It was already getting kind of long. Exactly. Was, maybe he was like, "This is too long. I gotta yeah. cut it off." Uh, and I, you know what? I would plug the voicemail, but um, my Skype account isn't working right now. I'm gonna get us a new phone number. Oh, okay. So we'll have that probably next week. Yeah. All, All right, right, Mr. Chase. Yes. Uh, why don't we tell people about the subreddit? Well, you know, it's growing every week, and I love to see that. Unfilter. Dot Reddit. 
com. And, uh, you know, like we said, you know, we, we pull stories from Reddit. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The top voted story was about the TSA body scanner. And uh, thank you to the subreddit. During the Boston bombing, uh, as it was happening, people were posting relevant information in there. That, that was, was really cool. Great. Yeah, yeah. That so that, awesome. was, that was really cool to see that happen. And it was great uh, just to kind of watch that happen for the show and kind of see where you guys were at. Yeah. Now, yeah. Chris, obviously during this whole bombing situation, you were probably on the Twitters as well. I was hunkered down. Um Clipping really, but I, well, if I, bet, I were, but you, but you, but you I, were on yeah. the Twitters, that's true. looking at Twitters. But That's people true. can also follow you on the Twitter. That's Twitter. true. That's a good way to get a hold of me because it's nice and quick. Go over to twitter.com/slash Chris L A S. What about you, Mister Chase? Well, people can also follow me on the Twitters at Nunes N U N E S, where I recently tweeted for uh, Amazon Fresh to come to Marysville. No kidding. Good for you, <laughs> please, man. I'll please join that campaign. Here. And uh, also, by the way, I do a lot of fun things over there at GeekGamer.tv. Yeah, buddy. Uh, recently pushing a Kickstarter project to launch Papa TV, which Woo-hoo. is a big pinball thing. Have more information there at GeekGamer.tv if you're cool. interested. Go check that out, you guys. Yes. All right, don't forget, if you are an unfiltered supporter, go check your inbox. Do it. you got a great show with some really great clips. There were some great oh, clips, it was including great the stuff. Cinnamon Challenge and uh, the C-SPAN mm. call-in barrage. Yes. <laughs> Cinnamon. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfiltered. Don't forget, we're live Thursdays over at jblive.tv. Tune in around 6.30 p.m., and uh, you'll catch the show 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Actually, tune in around 6.15. Pre-shows are big these days. Oh, yeah. Lively chat room. We really appreciate it. We love the community, and thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate it. All right, everyone. We'll see you right back here next week.